All right, everyone, I'm excited to have a real doctor with me today, okay? He <laughs> is the amazing Dr. Richard Brown, who is the author of the Real Beauty Bible. He wrote the Bible on the beauty, guys. Uh, I don't know how, how much higher you can go from there. He's a TikTok <laughs> doctor. I've been his TikTok for so long now. I'm so glad he agreed to this. Um, and he's a CrossFit uh, certified crossfitter what do you call yourself um well i mean i crossfit but i went through a level one certification which i really only did that because um they have a big push in crossfit to involve doctors who crossfit with just generalized health and wellness and patients and trying to bring it back to your practice so a level one crossfit training just means i could go out and train if i wanted to and they crossfit offered just offers to train doctors who crossfit for free um, so we go out to their headquarters and we do like a training. So I'm level one certified. It just means I could, I could do some teaching and coaching, but I don't. <laughs> That's, I love it. That's great. So, um, cool. yeah, that, cause you're well-rounded. You know, I don't know if you have like a doppelganger or what, cause you do so many things, but all right, let's, <laughs> let, let, let's get down to this. Okay. So what's your funniest, funniest plastic joke or situation? That's it. Um, let's see. So funniest plastic surgery joke or situation. Yeah. I got to think about like, God, there's so many funny things that happened to me. Um, you know, I think probably funny plastic surgery situations are the people that come in, you know, the scary thing that you always think about and we thank goodness we don't see this very often, but, uh, you know, the people that come in that just are so blown up with cosmetic procedures and fillers and things that you're just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I am not taking care of this patient. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm sure I have some other funny, funny stuff that's happened. And if I think of it, we'll circle back to it. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, that happens very rarely. But every now and again, I, I get that. Um, so, yeah, there's not too much, too much comedy that goes on in plastic surgery. But then you other supply all the comedy in your TikToks. That's well, so, yeah, you see that. Yeah. Stuff. So what's been a good one you saw that you like that I've made fun of? Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah, so the one I put up the other day. Um, about being promiscuous, that man, that stuff happens. Like people <laughs> they spill the tea, man. The tea, the tea starts getting poured when people sit in front of you. They just start telling you everything. And there's times where I'm like, all right, I did not need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh my god. Because I remember when I got my um, God, what do you call this? So I got surgery. I forgot what the medical term was. Um, but I was like, I didn't have a hoe history, so. I guess I'm not as entertaining as <laughs> other patients, but it was like, it's, it's interesting. Cause like you are at your most vulnerable with your plastic surgeon almost, you know, cause I opened up about like dating and then like, you know, how I felt about myself. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but oh, you guys yeah, should totally. seriously. Yeah. After I got the, the, um, eye surgery, God, what is the surgery called where you do the eyelids? All the Asians do it. Oh, you had a, you had a blepharoplasty. Yes. Yes. That's, that's what it's called. Wait, absolutely changed so how, my life. How old are you? Can I ask that question? Yeah, I'm 29. So I got it last June, and I noticed the guys that I was dating before they would dare to ask me to yogurt land. <laughs> my self esteem was so low after my that I said yes to one, so and I was like, "Fuck it, this! You, this is not working." Did you, a, did you do it because you wanted to do it, or because of the way that kind of other people were kind of messing this, with me? This is interesting because. Okay, I never thought I was ugly, but I knew I could be better. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I had a strong enough self-esteem that my appearance was not everything about it. But after I did the procedure, I was like, wow, I'm dating guys who make a million dollars now. I'm treated way better. And just it, it changed my life, you know? So I think it's maybe both, but it was, it, yeah. it was great. I would do it all over again. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I had a rhinoplasty when I was 24, so I can totally identify with what you're saying. By the way, is this video recorded or no? Yes, it's recorded. It is. Okay, so I got to stay in front of this thing. Um, so yeah, I had a rhinoplasty when I was 29, mm -hmm. or no, 20, 24. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And it's it's part of what we do, like the allure of what I do. People all think TNA. That's like all they think. And here's the thing, you know, I don't just do cosmetic surgery. And for me personally, I used to just notice my nose when I looked in the mirror. And, you know, I had... Um, I'd broken my nose several times playing baseball and it was something that kind of rode on me, you know, and I wasn't a not confident person, but it was right. something I saw. Right. And so when I, when I approached my parents about doing it and I ended up doing it, it was really because I just saw something that probably no one else was looking at, but I mm -hmm. was looking at it. Yes. And after I had it, it for sure changed like just the way you, I carried myself yeah. and the confidence uh -huh. you have. And that's yeah. what we're helping people do. You know, like when we do cosmetic procedures, it's not a bad thing. You know, everyone wants to look and feel their best. And if they've, ma if they've maximized nutrition and health and wellness, and they've got certain things about themselves that they want to improve that carry into their relationships and the job place, then why not? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love that. Um, so you're actually on TikTok. So like, can you tell us like, how did you get on there? And like, what's been that experience like so far? Yeah, I got to tell you. So Gary V was a big impetus to that. Yeah. I'm sure yes. he is. So yes. Gary V's all about TikTok. And I'm such a, so, you know, for those who don't follow me on Instagram, I am really active on my Instagram. I post about family. I post about confidence and health and wellness as well as just plastic surgery and educating. And, and Instagram was just getting to be so overbearing and really difficult. <laughs> and I, st I still do it, but I needed a yeah. break. And like, Gary would always talk about TikTok and he's like, man, yeah. you got to, you got to get into TikTok. Yeah. So I was like, what is this damn app he's talking about? I'm <laughs> not going to TikTok. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to download this app and see what it's all about. So I downloaded the app and I started just consuming content. And that's what he mm -hmm. recommended that you do. So I start watching videos and I'm like, dude, I like to dance. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Cool, you know? So then I'm like trying to go find doctors at TikTok and there weren't like a ton on there. There were a few. Yeah. And so what I started to realize was that I like music. I love to dance yes. and I can sort of blend in what I educate on Instagram yeah. to a different demographic here. So like I don't show before and afters on TikTok, but I'm like, Hey, yeah. maybe I can help people understand what doctors do and what it's all about. And that yeah. just sort of launched into helping pre-med students is what happened. I had, had one go viral within my first week or two. Mm -hmm. It just really, really like, I was like, okay, like now i got to really dig in and see how can I help people see what we do for a living. Mm -hmm. I love that because as of right now recording, you have 40, okay, 64,000 followers, 963,000 likes. That's amazing. That's incredible. And your last one about the Kardashians, that's 88,000. Can you imagine 88,000? Yeah, I haven't even checked it. I put yeah, that. Up you got I went into a meeting. Is it really up there? Yeah, it's eighty-eight thousand now. So your Kardashian one went amazing. Is that your? Yeah. Um, so can we talk about something though? Yes. Yes. About about social media that I think yes. is really important. Yes, please. So here here's what happens on social media. You know, we all look around and we compare ourselves to everyone else. Like, why yeah. am I not getting enough likes? Yeah. Why am I not getting caught? Yeah. Like that shit yeah. was starting to happen to me on TikTok. And I like had to sit mm. down and have a talk with myself and be like, yo, <laughs> yeah, this anesthesiologist has 260,000 followers. I don't know if you follow Maggie. She's great. But I'm like, why, why am I not hitting, man? Like my stuff's funny too. Like, come on. I can <laughs> move. So I had to like have a talk with myself uh, about yeah. not doing that. And Gary talks about this all the time. He talks about 
if you're chasing the likes and the follows, your content's not going to be mm, authentic. That's true. So I started focusing back on that, like just being authentic. And so, you yeah. know, it's just, it's fun. Yeah. Thank God I don't have to worry about this because I'm not big enough to even think about this. But <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, cause yeah, I love your TikTok. It's amazing. And you also wrote a book. So like, what was it like writing the real beauty Bible? Yeah. So the, the book, the impetus for that book was I kind of was getting sick of people not being educated about board certification and what that means as well as people getting botched. Yeah. So I kind of wanted to write a book for a long time and I did, I never really knew what it was going to be while well, I was at um, a practice management company I used, I was at a meeting and they had some people get up there and talk about marketing and how you could utilize a book as to market your practice. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, Oh, ding, ding. Like this is my opportunity. So I came up with the idea to write a book where I can help educate patients about every step of the process. So what's it like? How do you choose a surgeon? What's going to happen when you have surgery? How do you talk to your family about wanting to have surgery? So the, the book, what I basically did was I made an outline with, um, with a company about what I thought all the chapters were going to be and just sat down and started pounding out chapters and they helped me edit the chapters. Uh -huh. But I just wanted to produce something where like for you, right? Like you want to have eyelid surgery. Yes. So I wanted to, I wanted to write a book where you could pick it up and be like, you know, what do I need to know mm -hmm. about going into this process? And that's what this book is. is it just educates people about what they need to know. I love that. So um, you hinted at this before in the beginning about the types of people that you don't want to deal with. So like what kind of people should get plastic surgery and what kind of people should not? Okay, good question. So people who are not good candidates for surgery, this is definitely in the book. If you're thinking you're going to save a marriage by having a procedure, <laughs> if you think that you're going to get some person that you've been, you know, lusting after if you have yeah. a procedure. Those are reasons yeah. not to have surgery. Mm -hmm. The reasons to have surgery is if you seriously feel like there's something that rides on you and your body that you can't fix with health and wellness, because I'm really into that stuff. Mm -hmm. If there are things about yourself that are going to make you feel more confident, like you don't like your lips and you've always had a small upper lip and you want to put a little bit of filler in your lip that's going to make you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. People that are doing things who genuinely want to change something realistic about themselves, mm -hmm. they're good mm -hmm. candidates. But the people who come in for repeat procedures that are clearly addicted to plastic surgery, I don't operate on those people. Mm, that's great. Thank so it's you. gotta, it's gotta be for you. You know, you gotta be doing it for you. Yeah. That's awesome advice. Thank you for that. And, um, let's switch gears a little bit on funniness. So like, who do you think is funny besides yourself and me? If it's even humanly possible, who's like number three, funny, like a person that's funny. Like, yeah. Like, let's say, yeah. Well, who's your favorite comedian? Yeah. Maybe that's Dude, Kevin Hart, Kevin yes. Hart, Dave Chappelle, <laughs> those two yeah. dudes, they kill me. I mean, Dave Chappelle <laughs> might be one of the one, one of the one of the most intelligent comedians I've ever met, and yes. he's just hilarious. But I love those two guys. I think they're hilarious. That's awesome. Those are the two I would pick. I love it. Yeah, I, they're my favorites too. I love them. Um, awesome. That's why we vibe so well. Um, so, what advice would you give for like aspiring plastic surgeons? Like, what should they know about before they go into this field? <sighs> yeah. So. Um, you know, as I alluded to, I've probably got 
two or 300 DMs from pre-med students. Wow. Uh, after, after, so after, no, after um, that one TikTok went viral about my journey, uh-huh. I started getting all these messages from other pre-meds like, dude, how did you do it? I want to do uh-huh. that. And not just plastic surgery, but some of them were just med school. But I did get a lot of per- people talking about plastic surgery. So here's the advice I would give people. Uh-huh. The way that I chose plastic surgery was not for the glitz and the glamour. Sure, we all want to make money. We have to live life. We got to pay bills. Mm-hmm. The way, the reason I chose plastic surgery was because I was enamored by the diversity of the field. I could do reconstructive procedures. I can do cosmetic procedures. I can operate on kids. I can operate on adults. Mm-hmm. You know, I deal with cancer patients. I deal with non-cancer patients. And mm-hmm. so I, I think if you're going to get into plastic surgery, you need to get into it not with the idea that you're just getting in there to make bank because that's not what it's all about. Mm-hmm. What being a doctor and a surgeon is about is adding value to people's lives. Mm-hmm. I add value to people's lives. I reconstruct breast after breast cancer. I enjoy that. I mm-hmm. like being a surgeon. So the advice I would give people is you got to somewhat put the money aside. And, and people always say, well, it's easy to say that because you're making money. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I want to make money just like Gary Vee wants to make money. Yes. Gary Vee loves what he does and he adds yes. value to people's lives. And that's his first, his first goal is to add value to people's lives. Mm-hmm. My first goal and what I do is to help people. I want to help people achieve what they're trying to achieve. And the money follows. Yes. So if you're authentic and you're real in what you do, the rest comes. I love that. This is pretty much the same thing the other dentist who was on my podcast said. It's all about helping people first, you know, like, and then totally. later on, you know, whatever money, fame will, will come. So I love that. Um, so you're, you're also a family man. Um, just by living with pre-meds, I know how difficult they can be. So like, <laughs> do you have any advice for people who are like going to be living with like, um, you know, surgeons and like how to deal with the personality? Because I think you're, you guys are amazing people. It's kind of difficult to understand you guys so like how would you suggest somebody uh to yeah i guess live with you guys why is it difficult to understand us no, okay you- because you guys are very smart and intelligent but you guys are just really anal i think that's we're, we're all smart in our own right man yeah. so listen there's a difference between book smart and and street smart book yes. smart so we, we that's another conversation so how do you deal with living with a person like that yes. you mean forever or just while they're in training well like how does your wife and your kids and uh everyone else because you're a pleasant person i can tell yeah so I'm here's like- the thing i don't think you're gonna meet many doctors like me i'm pretty yeah. I'm, 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 I'm a i'm a georgia southern brit uh, okay. guy so you're not going to meet many like me uh, i'm i'm pretty chill and pretty laid back sure. there are a lot of people who are kind of uptight so you know look there's a match for everyone so you when you marry someone or you partner up with someone who's in this profession or being a doctor you know what you're getting into you know what they're like yeah. it's stressful and there's a lot so i think you just have to know who your partner is and you when you're signing up for that the way you deal with it is like i love you and this comes with it, you know, like that's, that's how you kind of have to handle that. So then talk about that crap before you get married is all I can tell you. Yeah, that's so true. And um, yeah. so uh, how was it like balancing a family and a practice? Like, how do you do it? You know, it's, it, it is, I just was on a podcast talking about this. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a lot different when you're in training versus when you get out into practice. So I have to be a business person, entrepreneur and a doctor And, you know, here's the thing with plastic surgery and just being a doctor, I made the decision early on. I kind of made a deal with myself. 
that I was going to be there for my family, that I wasn't going to be the guy who was chasing dollars and operating until 9, 10 p.m. at night. I did that in the beginning because I just had to get busy. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it starts from within. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about what your purpose is in life. And my, my first marriage is to my family. Like my mm-hmm. family is more important than anything. And mm-hmm. so I want my kids to know who dad is and I want my mm-hmm. wife to know who I am. There's a time to buckle down and work hard and there's a time to just kind of play and be with your family. And I just, I think you have to understand that and create that balance for yourself. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, what's next in the projects for you? You know, the next thing that I'm going to do is uh, I'm going to start a wellness center. So um, something that's really near and dear to me is uh, I'm really into working out and being healthy. And I want to combine what I do in plastic surgery with health and wellness. So I might have a patient come to me who wants a tummy tuck, who still kind of needs to dial in their health and their exercising and dieting so that they're at the proper weight before they have surgery so that they can then have a long lasting result. So the next thing in my practice is I'm going to start a wellness concept where I have a macronutrient coach, a meal planning service, and we're going to help walk people through that process and say to them, Hey, now's not the time for you to have this procedure. We need you to engage in this process of getting your lifestyle in shape before you have surgery so that you can have a long lasting result. So I'm working on kind of dialing that whole concept in right now. I love that. So, um, Obviously, you're the best plastic surgeon in the universe, but if we can't (laughs) travel to Arizona, yeah, if we can't travel (laughs) to Arizona, how can we pick a good one? Like, how can you tell a good surgeon versus someone who's not a good fit for you? Yeah, great question. So the number one thing is board certification. Does that mean that every board certified doctor is a good one? No. Everyone has a driver's license, but not everyone's a good driver. So I think the first most important thing that a person should do is to pick a board certified doctor. And the reason is that means that that doctor has gone through all the strenuous testing that is required to say that they are at the basic knowledge level for their specialty safe at what they do. So that's number one. The mm-hmm. second thing that patients have to do is go check out reviews and talk to people. So mm-hmm. it doesn't stop with just picking a board certified surgeon or doctor. You then need to go find out, does this person suck or not? And the way you mm-hmm. do that is you look at their Google reviews, mm-hmm. you go interview different doctors to make sure that you're a good fit. And you mm-hmm. talk to other patients who've been treated by those doctors. And that, that's really the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's a great vetting system. So before we um, share your Insta and URLs and TikToks, like this is a real question. Okay. How can I find in California an old fat dying plastic surgeon who has a house and a car and everything? How can I marry that doctor? How can I (laughs) harm my way into his heart and take all his money? Oh God. I mean, <laughs> you gotta give it up, right? No, I, you know, I, 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 don't know, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't know. Okay. Oh, you're you're one. diplomatic. Oh, you're not gonna betray your <laughs> colleagues. Damn it. Okay. So, any surprises in the field that you you had, like just throughout your whole journey? Anything that surprised you about being in this field? Um, I'm surprised at how crooked some people become in the health and beauty industry. I'm surprised at how deceiving people can be with their before and after results. Um, that bl- it blows me away. It blows me away how some people just don't give a shit about the patient and they just want to make money. And I, I, I can't live my life that way. 
Um, so yeah, that, that is one thing that I will say, you see it all over Instagram and you just can tell people who are just so full of themselves and they don't really care about the patient. They care more about making the money. That kind of blows me away. Wow. It's not my style. Man. But yep. I can see your style. I mean, like your style is amazing. So, okay, perfect segue then. <laughs> How can we, you know, what's your website? Uh, what's your Amazon page, uh, YouTube and your website? How can we find you? All right. So you can find me everywhere on basically the same handle. So my Instagram is at Dr. Richard J. Brown. Um, you know, my TikTok is the real TikTok doc. Um, and uh, my YouTube is also, I think my YouTube is Brown Plastic Surgery. Um, and then I've got, I'm not really super active on Facebook, but we do have an account. We have a Twitter account, but I would say those are the main places you can find me. My website is www.richardjbrownmd.com. The book website has its own website is www. Uh, it's Dr. Richard J. Brown. I think it's Dr. Richard J. Brown or Dr. Richard J. Brown, MD. I got to get that to you. But uh, there's two separate websites and, and you can get to the book website or my regular website. I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the entertaining, informative interview. I love it. Um, I think everyone, whether or not they want to be a patient, just learn something about your field. So thank you so hey, much. Hey, yo, so what's your TikTok? Do I know? My TikTok is funny millionaires. I've been banned a few times, temporary banned. Cause I wrote dump your loser boyfriend and they consider that hate speech. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's, that's, I will say TikTok is an interesting place, man. It is. Um, it's different. I have found that the comments on my posts are way more brutal than on Instagram. It's, it's unbelievable what people will type on the keyboard that they would never say. To your face. Yeah. But that's awesome. So let me just hit pause.